Welcome to the Man on Second Podcast on the Coach and Kernan Podcast Network. I'm Joe Forsaro. As always, our mission on the channel is to raise the baseball IQs of our listeners. We're going to do just that today with our special guest, Nick Green. Nick Green is a Braves analyst on Bally Sports South, Bally Sports Southeast. Nick obviously also is a former player at um, Nick, I, I had the pleasure of covering Nick uh, a little bit when he was with the Marlins. He is really, in my opinion, one of the rising young stars in the broadcast industry, just a great analyst. Whenever you talk baseball with Nick, uh, you really come away learning something. Nick, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, I'm glad to, to be here. Um, you know, I'm excited to talk baseball. I haven't talked baseball in a while since the Braves got knocked out. It feels <laughs> like everything in my end just went straight to to youth softball. So I'm excited to talk a little baseball. No, I appreciate that. And youth softball is fun too, as you know, I know that you're, you're enjoying that. Hey, let, let's start off. We're going to dive a lot into the Braves for our listeners, but we're going to start off. We're going to talk about the World Series um, and, and kind of more specifically with the format. Um, you know, last year, the Braves were the hot team going in. Um, mm-hmm. This year, the Phillies were the hot team going in. The Phillies are in based on that extra wild card. Nick, Nick do you think that going to 12 teams, that expanded playoffs, do you, do you like it? Did it serve its purpose this year? I think it did. I, I like it. Um, you know, I feel like the wild card best of three was a great thing versus the one game wild card. Um, obviously, you know, I thought the better teams won in the wild card series, which is what is supposed to happen. The hot team in Philly beat St. Louis, which was fun to watch. Um, I like just having more teams involved and more fan bases involved. I think it's good for the game. Um, The limited days off was interesting, but you had to play your cards right. I know some teams got some um, good luck as far as weather was concerned. Uh, But I felt like, you know, the deeper teams end up winning. And Houston, to me, was the team to beat. Uh, They had a deep team. They had a great rotation they had a great bullpen they had timely hitting I just felt like it all served its purpose and it was fun to watch now that being said um, I wish the Braves would have gone a little bit deeper but there were things that happened with that club uh, just using all their energy to try to win the division which was important as well because of the extra wild card teams and who they might play they didn't want to be in that wild card series uh, they accomplished that goal of winning the division but it didn't necessarily work in their favor. Uh, so I thought all that stuff was interesting. I thought it was great for baseball. And, you know, the thing also I found, Nick, was the quality of play wasn't bad. You know, it wasn't because yeah. that's the discrepancy. You know, we, we could talk about the 87-win Phillies mm-hmm. team, but you and I know that team could have been a 94 or 95-win team. Yeah. I mean, if Bryce Harper doesn't get hurt, you know, Castellanos with the slower start, that team was built to be a September, excuse me, an October team. So I, I – it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this mismatch was just so terrible for baseball. And now I think had they had baseball got its wish and got the fourteen teams, we might have seen that because they're you know, uh, you know, when you start getting eighty seven wins, when you start getting down to eighty three wins, and you get in, then you really don't know what it's going to look like. So I think that twelve is a good number as well. I felt like it was a great number. Um, I, I thought it was important to expand and try to change the format a little bit. Uh, and if you go fourteen. 14 teams, you're going to dilute the product a little bit. I think when you look at 80-win teams, possibly 85-win teams, those teams aren't built to win in the playoffs. Now, the Braves last year got a little bit lucky with the additions that they had, but they had some some depth in areas they need to have depth in. Um, same thing with Philly. 
And like you said, Philly was built to win 90-plus games. It just didn't happen. And if, if you end up with some teams in there with it close to 80 wins, I, I just don't think that was going to be a good thing for baseball. I felt like they did it just right. I honestly don't know where they're going to tweak um, as far as playoff pictures concerned. Uh, I felt like it was just a great thing all the way around for baseball. And how cool was it to see a team like Philly having the fan base that they had, not having a postseason game in Philly forever, to yeah. go to Philly, win in Philly, and just have just a, this great atmosphere for baseball fans in general. No, no doubt. And that, that I think, was the purpose and I think shouldn't be lost And mm-hmm. because um, it's not about the way it used to be where – and we're talking – I mean, baseball up until what 1969 was, if you won the American League and you won the National League, you just wanted to write to the World Series. Yeah. You know, if we want that, if you just want to match the Dodgers with 111 against the 106 win Astro team, then, then fine. But, you know, 80% of the league would have checked out. You know, they yep. had nothing to cheer for. You know, <laughs> so so in that regard, I think baseball got a li- gets a little caught up in the tournament format. I think they kind of like that, you know, like the World Baseball Classic, which we're going to have. And I think that's probably why they were thinking 14. It's just going to create this, you know, you know, NCAA basketball type atmosphere. But I don't think that necessarily works for baseball. You can't orchestrate that over 162. So I, I agree with that. I think 12 was a good number. And, and it's probably fitting. The 87-win Philly team, better than they were – you know, record-wise, but still not as good as the 106-win yep. Astro team. And 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 just thoughts on on Dusty. You know, finally getting his. I don't know how much you cross paths with Dusty, but uh, I know all, everyone in baseball is happy for him. I think it's great for him and in, in the game. I mean, when you can have guys like Dusty Baker winning championships, taking teams and turning them around, where Houston had the whole cheating scandal. Well. Who is the right guy to go into Houston and turn things back around and get people excited about the Houston Astros again? That's only Dusty Baker, and only Dusty Baker could do that. And so I think that was a perfect fit. Um, I think it's fitting that he got his World Series this year uh, with a really good team. But he's just a great guy, great manager, great guy for to have around the game of baseball. Um, I think if I was his age, I probably would have shut it down, not come back. But at the same time, he loves the game. And these young kids really respect what he brings to the game of baseball. And I think that's a cool thing, too, because right now, this day and age of baseball, a lot of the old school managers don't work with these young players. They don't know how to handle them. They don't know how to balance analytics uh, with what they're seeing on the field. And Dusty Baker does a great job of doing that, but also having that relationship with his guys on the field, getting the most out of them and knowing that when he goes in that clubhouse, what he expects, he expects to win, he expects professionalism, and he expects a good product on the field. And uh, to see what he did with that Astros team, um, which obviously has tremendous talent, but I I don't know how hard that was to play for the Astros over the last few years, just with that scandal in the back of their heads. I mean, everywhere they go, they get booed, right? Correct. So to have a guy like Dusty kind of man the ship a little bit, I, I just think it's phenomenal. Yeah, you need that calming influence, you know, and, you know, uh, we had in Miami with uh, in Don Mattingly, you know, I said mm-hmm. Don Mattingly is just what's Donnie known for. He's even keel. Yep. You know, he's the same guy every day. And, you know, that's where I think the veteran manager, uh, the the former player in Dusty as well, a great player, mm-hmm. uh, that he's he's seen it all. 
he knows that it's uh, peaks and valleys season over six months and 162. A lot happens good and bad. And and I know we're in a culture of instant gratification of of Twitter and 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 quick. You know, inst- we need it immediately. We don't seem to really grasp that. You know what? What we're doing now isn't working, but in three weeks it could be working, and it's just going to take off. They don't necessarily see that far ahead. Yeah, it's it's tough to to balance because I see it every day, right? I I see guys uh, where you have you go into a clubhouse and you have three different hitting coaches. You have all these other voices that telling they're telling you different things. They're pulling you different ways. I've talked to a bunch of hitting coaches about this too. How hard is it to balance? you know, what you want out of each individual player when you have so many different voices. Well, when you have that lead voice, like a Dusty Baker, like a Brian Snicker, um, like a Don Mattingly, which I thought was phenomenal. He just had kind of got a raw deal there with the the guys on the field. Uh, But when you have those influences on a daily basis, that makes your team that much better knowing that everybody's in it for the same reasons. Nobody's going to get their toes stepped on. Nobody's going to get their feelings hurt. Um, and it, it starts with the leadership from the top. And, you know, Dusty Baker, to me, is one of the best around. Don't know how much longer he'll do this. But, you know, he wants to try to run that thing back next year. So we'll kind of see what happens. And we know Houston's going to have a nice product. I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's easy to do when, you know, you have you come in as, if not the favorite, <laughs> one of the favorites. Yeah, you, you said something interesting about the Braves. Um you know, how they kind of defeating the Mets seem to be their their World yep. Series in that final weekend. Because I noticed something differently because you come into Miami, you, you have to win against New York and Atlanta to win the division. Mm-hmm. But when the Braves got to Miami for the final three games, now the final game of the year didn't matter and it was more like a spring training game. But even that, you had a chance to close it out on that Monday night it wasn't the same fiery Braves team. It, it seemed like that New York series took something out of them, uh, you know, and it wasn't, it, you know, I was like, I was a little alarmed that the Braves didn't steamroll the Marlins and then hit the playoffs on a high. It almost was like there was, they exhausted their themselves by beating the Mets. Did you notice that as well? I did. And it, you know, that Mets series was crazy. Nobody expected them to do what they did against the Mets. And uh, I thought the Mets, you know, I didn't, had such a great team. I didn't think that they necessarily faltered. The Braves just played better baseball. And when you look at how important it was to win the division, so you got that buy out of the wild card uh, series, that was the Braves' main focus. It wasn't, they didn't, like, once they, once they clinched, it was like, okay, let's relax and we can kind of, you know, get back on track when we need to. Well, there were a couple things that happened too. Max Fried was sick which we saw uh, at the end of the year, he didn't pitch well in his last start of the year, then didn't pitch well in the playoffs because he was still you know, dealing with side effects from being sick. Spencer Strider was hurt. Those two things absolutely killed the Braves, but the energy kind of went out of their sails after they beat the Mets. And um, how would it have worked out if they were in the wild card series? I don't know, because San Diego has a good team too. So um, it was a challenge there, but I did see the Braves kind of, you know, their whole focus was let's beat the Mets, let's win the division. And once they did that, it just felt like they couldn't come back and win um, against Philadelphia, who was a hot team. I know there were a bunch of like, so when all this was happening, people were saying, okay, who do you want the Braves to play, right? Do you want them to play San Diego? Do you want them to play Philadelphia? 
Well, a lot of people said Philly, but Philly, just like the Braves last year, Philly was hot. It didn't really matter what the Braves were going to do. They didn't hit much in that series anyway, but it was just a, it just didn't feel right. Nothing felt right after the Braves beat the Mets uh, to win the division. And you saw it in that Miami series too. That was a bad series for the Braves, a bad series. Yeah. Um, and, and nothing, nothing felt right to me individually after the Braves won the division. Yeah. And, and now the Braves have questions, you know, um, we're going to, we're going to jump into, into the GM meetings, which are going on. We're going to jump into the Braves and obviously Swanson and they made a trade yesterday. We're going to talk about that, but I want to just, you know, as we, we kind of, my takeaway as the GM meetings are going on right now and is the biggest story to me in baseball is, is Aaron judge and the fact that the San Francisco giants are on record saying we're in and whatever the dollar figure is, we're there. And that's like the first time I've ever heard anybody challenge the Yankees on a potentially $400 million player. That's crazy. I mean, here's the thing. Um, as a player, get as much money as you can, right? So if if there's somewhere that I want to go and I can make that decision, great. If I have options, that's awesome. But how many teams can afford a guy like Aaron Judge for one? And then how does it hamstring um, as far as the organization moving forward. Um, so oh, am, I, am I lost? 